Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some very exciting news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available on Audible. Tap the link in the description to listen to small shifts you can make today to be a calmer, happier, more productive version of yourself. It would mean the world to us. What does happiness look like to you? This week on our podcast, I spoke to Robert Mack, who has a stack of experience as an Ivy League educated positive psychology expert, celebrity happiness coach, inspirational speaker, and now a published author. Today's episode is all about noticing the power inside of you and how to own it, tips for unconditional happiness, how Rob stays in stellar shape, and how to stay happy and mentally fit. I gained so much from Rob's story and his tips, and I know you will too. Click the link in our bio to listen this week. Please note this episode does mention suicide. If it triggers you in any way, please either skip this podcast or reach out to your doctor or psychologist for support. As seen on Good Morning America, the Today Show, Access Hollywood and so much more, let's get started today's show and welcome Rob. I'm so absolutely thrilled to see Rob Mack here today on our podcast. Rob and I go back many a years when we first met in Miami, the USA. And as I was saying to you before, Rob, what a joy it's been to watch your journey unfold and to actually let our Australian audience know who you are. So welcome to the show, mate. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Chelsea. Yeah, honestly, I just, I feel like you've done so much over the last, you know, 15 years since I saw you. Can you let our audience know, you know, your background and how you became this happiness coach? I mean, look at you, you just ooze ooze happiness, but how did you get here? It takes one to know one. I got here the long scenic path, honestly. I was um, the most depressed, unhappy, miserable kid you can imagine, stressed and anxious and self-loathing. And I always thought I'd grow out of it, but I didn't. I got worse more depressed, experienced lots of suicidal ideation, and even had a suicidal experience. Uh, so yeah, it was a long city path. I'm so sorry. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm so glad, you, I, um, I'm yes. glad you got through that, hey? Me too. Wow. Yeah. What's interesting is that, um, you know, I, mean, I had this experience when I was probably, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, and my life was really good. I mean, health-wise, I was great. I had friends. I had a great corporate job beautiful girlfriend, um, but I was just deeply unhappy on the inside. So I did some research and I decided I was going to kill myself and um, means and methods to do so. And I remember getting the steak knife and putting it in my wrist and the most unexpected, unpredictable experience ever, which is that for no good reason, without anything in my external circumstances or conditions changing, I just felt this level limitless love and peace and joy kind of wash over me. So I postponed the suicide, but just like at that time, it was a few moments, a few minutes, really. And uh, I look back and it's been several decades later, my life has totally changed. It's really wild. Wild. And I'm just going to take a moment here to pause because I think, you know, that's, I mean, that's such an intense story. And if there's anyone listening right now that feels senses of helplessness or loneliness or their burden, you're not, 
and the bravest thing you can do is reach out and get yourself to safety and and to help and i i really hope when you know rob shares his story and when we're very honest with my story that it helps not normalize these conversations that you can always recover and sometimes it's in those horrendous darkest moments that's actually where we grow right like when we start shifting and taking that one step first to recovery the life that you can actually end up living is just extraordinary and and I think you're a really beautiful example of that so that critical moment right that darkness to then to lightness how did you then you know start so you start doing your research and training and you thought wow I don't want people to feel like how I do was that the intent to then go down into the this happiness coach. Yeah, it was perfectly right? selfish at first. <laughs> perfectly selfish. I just wanted to be really happy, yeah. you know. And um, to your point, I think you're right. We um, often not only bounce back, but we bounce back better and more blissful. Um, that's mm-hmm. certainly the case with me. I decided that instead of doing research on like ways to kill myself, I would actually do some research on what is depression, what is happiness, why does it matter, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just really focused and committed to being as happy as humanly possible. In the beginning, you know, I made some decisions that were quite dramatic. I figured if all of this working hard and doing the corporate thing was leading me to be so miserable and happy that I would maybe try to do the exact opposite. That's all I knew. Maybe I'll just try to do the opposite. So, um, you know, I left the corporate job that I had, management consulting job, and I moved from a cold city, Philadelphia, to Miami. And I was very lost, you know, but I did know one or two things that I thought might possibly help me become happier and then one thing led to the next you know um, first it was an entertainment career just sort of was discovered in Miami um, by a modeling agent so I began that and then it gets me into acting and other things along the way but at first it was very confusing and all I was truly committed to was being happy for my own sake only later did it develop into a career um, that was really about helping serving others and helping those folks become happier themselves it's amazing and I think that's that's the the journey, isn't it? How do we become happier? People ask me that all the time, Chels. How do I get happier? <laughs> and, and I thought, well, you're the expert, Rob. Let's let's have a chat about this. Like your principles. Like what did you find on your personal journey, but also in your research of you know how how can we get more unconditional happiness in our life? Yeah. So first, you got to look for it in the right places. I think most of us look for peace and love and happiness in all the wrong places. And um, I would say all worldly places tend to be wrong places, right? So, you know, in the process of me getting my life sorted out and wanting to sort of start my own private practice, I went to a program at University of Pennsylvania. It's an applied positive psychology program. It's a master's degree. And they share lots of really sort of surprising and interesting data around what leads to happy life and what doesn't, and also what a happy life leads to and what it doesn't. And so the one thing we're quite certain about is that success doesn't lead to happiness. I think most of us have lived enough life to be disabused of that notion, uh, mm-hmm. that whatever it is that you think um, will make for a successful life, that won't necessarily lead to happy life, including objective health. It's not highly correlated with happiness at all. Um, mm-hmm. Neither is money. We know about in American dollars, about $75,000, um, you know, less than that will improve your life satisfaction. But after about $75,000, you start to experience the diminishing marginal utility of the dollar, which means that you get less happiness bang for every buck, um, you know, and you eventually plateau out somewhere around $125,000. Um, we know that marriage 
doesn't make you permanently, lastingly, meaningfully, finally happier, right? You experience a little honeymoon sort of bump in your happiness. And then after that, it returns to its baseline level. Kids, same deal. First kid actually makes you less happy, <laughs> uh, surprisingly <laughs> enough. Um, not because people don't love their kids, but just because kids are stressful and you worry about them because you love them so much and they're mm-hmm. expensive. Um, <laughs> the second kid, you actually experience a statistically significant decline in your happiness level. And then that happiness level doesn't return to its baseline level until the kids leave the house, right? So <laughs> in all ways, um, you know, it's money and relationships or marriage and kids and all the things that we often think about compose or make up a sort of successful life doesn't make you happy at all. Mm. Um, on the other end, lots of things uh, do and can lead to a happy life. And um, let's talk about that. The one thing I know for sure is that if you're not committed to living a happy life, it's hard to just sort of stumble upon it. That is so true. It's all about the commitment, isn't it? The commitment to this happy journey. And, you know, I always think about for what I see as happiness is sometimes us getting out of our own head and going doing something for somebody else that can never repay you. You know, that that act of service where people always ask me that, you know, Charles, how do I get happier? How do I? And I always think, if only you knew that if you could get out of your own head and go do something of service like charity work or go do something for somebody else that with no expectation that they're going to return the favour, you then get this huge serotonin rush, you know, as well as that person that you're doing that incredible act for. What do you think? Are you are you on the same sort of yeah, path as that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's interesting. Um, so, of course, you know, success doesn't lead to happiness in the ways we think it will. Um, and happiness does actually lead to success in lots of ways, including um, relationships and love. And so to your point, one of the things that the research has shared is that, you know, um, happy people are better lovers, right? We mean that sort of both figuratively and literally, meaning that when you get happy, you tend to give uh, and donate more time, money, energy to social causes, to individuals in need. And you do so without a re- sort of expectation of reciprocity, without an expectation of reward with no strings attached, right? But also the more you do that, the happier you get. So it's this virtuous sort of upward cycle. You know, yeah. the happier you are, the more loving and giving you are, the more loving and giving you are, the happier you are. So you just absolutely nailed it, Charles. That's exactly right. Um, you know, it's also true um, that happiness increases successful up life outcomes in all other areas of our lives too. So we know happier people live about six to seven years longer than unhappy people. They make about $600,000 to $700,000 on average more than their unhappy counterparts. Uh, they get married earlier, stay married longer, and are happy in all the relationships, whether they're married or not. They experience less job burnout. They're healthier overall. Um, mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting the ways in which um, success doesn't lead to happiness. Happiness does lead to or increase the likelihood of successful life outcomes no matter what kind of outcome you're after. Um, I love yeah, that. It's fascinating. I, so good. Isn't it? Like it's just a, I mean, you just feel good just just even thinking about that. And, you know, for me, I think the, you know, when you are happy, you tend to do, you look after yourself more, right? You invest more into your self-care and all those kinds of things. And, again, it's like this bi-directional, right? If you are keeping yourself fit and healthy, you're happier. If you're happier, you keep yourself fit and healthy. <laughs> it just is this cycle. And so, I mean, you are in such stellar shape, Rob, still, like ridiculous. And tell me more. Tell me more, Charles. <laughs> I'll Venmo you, PayPal you, Zelle you, whatever it is. I'll send you a check. <laughs> compliments are also great, like really genuine compliments. You know, that's, a, that's also pretty good. Uh, and, 
you know, what's it, what's your what's the secret? You know, we're we're getting older, we're aging. How do you keep yourself in such exceptional shape? You know, physically fit, but then also mentally fit too. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, um, really great question, and you make a great point, which is that we often think about people who are focused on happiness as being irresponsible or something hedonist that never work out or eat right. But actually, the opposite is true. To your point, um, you know, for me, I'm pretty disciplined. I mean, I don't think of myself as disciplined. I think of myself as maybe I'm blissciplined, which is just committed to bliss. You know, I just want to be as happy as I can, right? Yeah. That's right. So I tend to try and only do things that make me happy or are fun or that I can make fun. If I don't find fun in it and I can't make them fun, I try not to do them. I try to outsource, delegate, reduce, eliminate, automate, or regulate six ways to reverse engineer those things out of your life. But try mm-hmm. to do that. Um, for me, this discipline sort of practice sort of starts in the morning. So I get up pretty early, uh, about 4 a.m. You know, or so, and I meditate and read. For me, I love just not thinking about anybody or anything in the world, including work. So I just use a few moments to breathe and forget everything and everyone, including myself. And I do it for joy's sake alone. And then I read a little and I hit the gym. Uh, I love the gym. I have a playlist that I play and I try to use each rep as a meditation. It sounds more serious than it is. I just like to stay out of my head, quite frankly. Um, yeah. It's just enjoyable to be in the body and out of the head. Um, so I'd say that's what it looks like at the beginning of my day. And my probably most consistent practice when it comes to happiness is what I call a micro meditation. It's mm-hmm. just one breath that I take for its own sake, for joy's sake alone, where I do what I mentioned earlier, which is forget all my worries, forget all my dreams, forget everybody and everything in the world, including myself, and breathe consciously at least one time as though it's the last breath I'll ever get or ever ever take. You know, try, try to be really sincere about that. Like maybe it will be the last breath. Hopefully not, but you never know. Um, so I try to do that as often as I can throughout the day. And uh, that brings me a whole lot of peace and happiness. And I often feel a lot more loving as a result of that too. So yeah, that's kind of what it looks like for me. That's, that's amazing. It's an early start time. 4 a.m. Yeah, a little too early. Honestly, sometimes it does feel too early. I always feel better after having done it. But I have to admit, sometimes I look forward to a few days off just so I can sleep in a little. <laughs> now, my friend, you have released this book. Hey? Yes. How fantastic is this Love from the Inside Out by Robert Mack? And I've been reading it by my bed at nighttime because that's one of the ways that I unwind. And I hear your voice speaking to me because knowing you, this is so you on the inside and just being able to share these lessons and inspirations for loving yourself and life and each other. And what was the purpose for writing this? Was this to get your beautiful message out to the <laughs> globe? <laughs> you know, um, I'd like to say it's that big, but quite frankly, you know, um, most everything I share, pretty clear, it's all meant for me first and foremost. You know, I like to clarify my own thoughts and get things on paper and just make sure that I'm clear about what I think and believe. And also what I can, um, I want to make sure I'm sort of just continuing to move forward. That being said, when I started um, my private practice about 20 years ago, I was convinced that by calling myself a happiness coach and then eventually an executive coach, that people would call me mostly because they were unhappy. You know, mm-hmm. but I found that wasn't the case at all. Most people called me and said, Rob, my boyfriend is 
nagging me or my girlfriend sucks or I don't have a husband or I don't have a wife or these kids are driving me nuts. So it's always about somebody else and it was about their relationships. And positive psychology, of course, says a lot about that, that you know, if you want to be happy, it's really important to have supportive relationships in your life, right? But mm-hmm. I wrote that because people were coming to me with um, relationship issues and there were lots of myths and misconceptions, sort of flawed premises around what makes for a happy relationship and what doesn't. Um, you know, and I wanted to clear some of that up. And I think we all have lots of ideas um, about love and about relationships, but even that, even the idea that love, and I think that's what happens, love becomes confounded with the relationship. We think of love really almost primarily with respect to relationships, but you know, love is not um, an exclusive relationship that you have with just one person. Love is an inclusive way of relating to everyone in the whole world, mm-hmm. right? So it's an inclusive way of connecting with people consistently. And it starts with yourself, of course. Mm-hmm. Find ways to drop self-judgment and love yourself more. You automatically, easily, and effortlessly, and even enjoyably, drop judging others, and you also start loving others organically and spontaneously. I love that. I really hope people jump on. We're going to put this in the show notes as well. But do yourselves a favor: go grab Rob Mack's book. You can get it from anywhere that they sell books. Rob, is your beautiful voice on Audible? <laughs> not yet not yet i'm working on it and, uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather hear it in your voice i think Charles. yours is a lot more smooth and melodic uh yes uh, uh, i think people disagree with that here in australia <laughs> rob <laughs> well thank you so so much you know where can people find more about you is it on your instagram like where shall we send people to yeah so you can find me at my website at coachrobmac.com you can also find me on all social media platforms most consistently instagram at Rob Mac, M-A-C-K official. And of course, as Chell said, you can find my books, Happiness from the Inside Out and Love from the Inside Out, everywhere great books are sold, including Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and uh, Mango Books. Fantastic. So good to see you again, Rob. Oh, the best. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. Thank you. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.